Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Faster than a speeding bullet. Lincoln is a bad mother. We're just talking about Lincoln. Good morning, Cincinnati. Welcome to 1230 WDBZ. We are the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. The Lincoln Wear Show till 1 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, we got a lot going on. Where do we start? Terrence Howard. The real Terrence Howard is in today. You must have had that uh, come see lotion rubbed on your throat this morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, speaking of something like that, uh, what about this Will Smith? Dwayne Martin story. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe it. I tell you, those Smiths have a tough time, don't they? Will and Jada, they just, uh, I mean, geez. That rumor's been going around for decades. I know. But now it's uh, front page headlines, New York Post and everything. <laughs> jeez. <laughs> now Will says he's going to sue. Says it's not true. But uh, this guy says he saw, caught him in the act. Caught him in the act. Some anal stuff going on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Will Smith has a tough time. Oh, boy. Uh, Connie Pillage. How about that? She uh, is going to run for prosecutor. And... Speaking of that, the prosecutor's coming in here today, Melissa Powers. And we had this set up way before Connie Pillage said she was running. So don't say, think she's, oh, let me go on Lincoln Ware Show because the Democrat is running. No, we had this set up weeks ago. And, um, but yeah, it'll make uh, for some interesting uh, conversation and some campaigning. It's going to be brutal when these two women go at it. In the campaign, yes. And I wonder if they're going to treat Connie Pillage anywhere near how they were going to treat a black man if he had run against Melissa Powers. It would have been brutal for any black man who attempted to become prosecutor. He would have been the boogeyman, the boogeyman coming to your suburban neighborhood to rape your wives and kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it would have been <laughs> yes but Connie Pillage in the race for Hamilton County Prosecutor how about that uh, what I considered maybe in the last few years an eyesore 
the Queensgate Hotel, you know, the Quality Inn right there, right across from the White Castle and the Marathon right there on 8th Street. Well, guess what? It's going to become a senior living facility. So I guess they're going to hope they fix it up and make it look nice. I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, that would be great for that place to become a senior living facility. Yeah, as long as they can keep the young folks out of there, the riffraff, and, you know, not cause havoc. Because I tell you, that marathon in White Castle was awfully busy on Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights. That place is awfully busy, let me tell you. So if they can, you know, maybe clean that area up a little bit, everything will be all right. But, yeah, senior living facility at the Quality Inn. I know I remember when that place used to be Lucy's in the Sky. It was a nightclub. They didn't like black folks to come down there. They used to give black folks a hard time trying to get in down there. But, um, yeah, I remember back in the disco days. Uh, this speaker, Mike Johnson, I meant to bring this up the other day. Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, this idiot has endorsed Donald Trump. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They need to oust his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> they need to vote him out. Come on, Mike Johnson. Are you kidding me? Even Kevin McCarthy didn't do that. And Kevin McCarthy is where now? <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> you think that's going to save him by endorsing Trump? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Bengals in Baltimore tonight. We'll see what happens. They need this win. Baltimore needs a win, and the Bengals need a win. So it's going to be a dogfight. If the Bengals can stop the run, I think we'll be okay. You got to stop the run. If we can stop the run and we can have a decent running game, you know, if we could get 100 yards on the ground, it will be fantastic. But we're going to have to come up with some tricky plays and all kind of stuff to beat this uh, Baltimore Ravens team. And I think we can do it. I think we can do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm supporting the Bengals today. Got my military hoodie on for the Bengals. You know, it's not, I, I can't do it Friday. This, I mean, um, Friday because there's no game this weekend. So we had to do it today. And the game will be on Channel 9 tonight in case you're looking for it. I got all choked up talking about the Bengals. <laughs> yes. But um, people are mad. ABC viewers are mad because the Bengals are preempting the Golden Bachelor tonight. I think this is a finale of the Golden Bachelor, and they're raising hell. Uh, Channel 9 has moved all that stuff to Bounce TV. And people are raising all kind of hell. Just like if the Bengals game preempted uh, P Valley. <laughs> I would be oh, a little man, upset. You just, yeah, I'd be a little upset. You'd be burning your jerseys. Oh, oh yeah. Your Bengals jerseys. Yes, yes. Especially if there were going to be some good pole dancing going on. Uh, I would be a little upset if uh, the Bengals <laughs> preempted P Valley. But uh, everybody likes this golden bachelor. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. 
1230 is the area code. Uh, the General Electric moving out of the banks. So we got an empty office bill. Well, I think they had leased out some space in there anyway, so it won't be completely empty. But, uh, you know, there you go. There you go. There's some office space downtown. But see, office space is so easy to come by nowadays because everybody's working from home. There's nobody in the offices. Yeah, just like here. (laughs) There's nobody here. (laughs) There's nobody here. I would just love to have a receptionist. You know what I mean? So they can navigate my guests and stuff like that. But, you know, it's tough trying to do this stuff, and you're on the air, the security brings them in, and you're trying to get them in. Yeah, it it makes life kind of difficult for me. Yes, it does. But uh, GE, and they didn't fulfill their obligation. They were supposed to be here how many years were they supposed to? We gave them tax abatements and all kind of stuff. Yeah. They're going to take the uh, company logo down. Right there on the corner of uh, 191 Rosa Park Street. They're going to take the sign down early next year. And um, they've been subletting unused space as workers have been redeployed. A lot of them going out to GE Evendale. That's where most of them are going, GE Evendale. So, um, man, GE struggling a little bit. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Damon uh, Draymond Green has been suspended for five games. Uh, he put Rudy Gobert in a headlock. Did you see that? And they tore the jersey, and they was scrap. They was scrapping it. <laughs> hey, I tell you, uh, boy, these cats are. And it's not the first time Draymond Green has been suspended for stuff. He's always uh, mixing it up pretty good. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Wes Miller, the UC basketball coach, still upset that a couple of players that they were supposed to get, the NCAA put a stop to it. I think they're going to end up in court with this. I'm thinking the students are going to get some Lawyers, and they go into court. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, A couple other things. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, remember the six-year-old who shot his teacher, six-year-old boy? Well, his mother has been sentenced, and uh, she's going to jail for 21 months. 21 months in prison. So um, he'll be in Somebody's foster care, I guess. I don't know if I would want him as a foster kid or not. He's shooting teachers. Can I close? I have to have a lock on my bedroom door. If I had this kid, jeez, a lock on my bedroom door. And maybe a lock on his door, lock him in. I don't know. But, you know, I don't know if anybody would want to have this kid as a foster kid. You shoot your teacher at school and call, call her the B word, too? Come on. No foster home for you. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I, I do want to talk to the prosecutor about the uh, 19-year-old kid that was indicted uh, for the street takeover. And I don't think we're going to see any more street takeovers in Cincinnati. I think that was probably the end of it. They're going to start trying to take their cars and all kind of stuff. So I think that was the end of street takeovers in Cincinnati. Let's hope so anyway. Because these fools were crazy. Those fools were crazy. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. 513-749-1230. That's my number if you want to jump on board. It's the Lincoln Ware Show. 1230, The Buzz. I'm a boy from the hood. I thought it was understood. I'm the men's threat. I'm the ladies' pet. I'm the local supreme in every girl's dream. <laughs> I thought I think that kind of flowed pretty good. I had to flow on that. Uh, no, you did not. <laughs> uh, Jay Z said, "You know, you got to flow. The music is flowing one way. You flowing the next way, the, the, the other way, and that's when you have flow. That's what Jay Z said. Is that what he said? That's what he said. He told Gail King that." I think you took his his advice because you were flowing one way and the music was flowing the other way. That's what Jay-Z said. I was just, you know. All right. <laughs> that was a good interview. I said it yesterday uh, with Gail King. Uh, I'm still looking for Gail King and Charles Barkley's show to start on CNN. They teased us with that and nothing ever happened. Uh, did you hear about Robert Kennedy Jr.? This fool... Uh, Okay, I'll let the view tell you about it. This the, the view was talking about it, and this fool's walking around airports and airplanes with no shoes on. Robert Kennedy. A amount of controversy since he started his campaign, and the latest is a photo of him taken on a recent commercial flight, where apparently he's walking around barefoot. He even, they say, went to the restroom. Ew. Without socks on or shoes on. Now, I, I, we can't show the photo, uh, but you can go look it up. Look it up. Yeah. It's on Professor. But you Google. can't unsee right. it. And for a man who's so concerned with what he puts into his body, he's going to need a tetanus shot after <laughs> yeah, that. That's exactly so what I disgusting. Thought. You know, I, I used to think it was folklore that you could actually get infections in your feet. Oh, no, my, oh, no, no, you I, can't. my father grew up in the, down south. Yeah. And, and so he would always say, when my kids would want to walk out into the grass mm -hmm. without their shoes, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 don't do that because you could get an infection in your foot. And I was like, Dad, in that's... In the grass, like, really? Like, even in the grass. Yes. And I was like, that's some southern stuff. And I asked my doctor husband. He was like, oh, no, that's yeah. true. Any tiny cut on the bottom of your cut, foot anywhere on your foot. staph infections can yeah. lead to oh. all sorts of terrible infections. In the bathroom, it Do you know what's in that bathroom? You know what's not in that bathroom? Me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Whoopi. Okay. That's uh, from The View. And they're, they were upset. I mean, yeah, that is. I mean, that's one reason why I'm not a member of the Mal High Club. I just couldn't see doing anything in those bathrooms. And I try my best not to use. I don't care if I'm going to the West Coast. I try my best not to use the restrooms the entire flight. Are you sure that's the only reason you're not a part of the Mal High Club? <laughs> that's reason. <laughs> and I have never been able to get a rear seat and a night flight. Then I could join the Mile High Club, but I never that never just worked out for me. So I'll probably never be a member of the Mile High Club. 
You could rent a private jet. Well, you know what? As a matter of fact, I, we met this couple at a at a restaurant, and they own this uh, airplane. They own this uh, business. Uh, they got a plane, and they you know they fly signs around. And he said, "Yeah, people rent the plane, and they join the Mile High Club." On our plane, yeah. He said, yeah, we do this all the time. So I'm like, okay, give me your card. <laughs> but I never called him. But anyway. I don't know. How much money do you want to pay a guy to fly you around for 30 seconds and land oh, on the ground? Boy. Okay, it'll be a little longer than 30 seconds. Yeah, maybe 32 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> all right. Unbelievable. <laughs> you and your sound effects. <laughs> they got to go. <laughs> All right, 749-1230-513 is the area code. Hamilton County Prosecutor Melissa Powers coming in today. As you heard, Connie Pillage is running against her. And uh, so we'll see. Queensgate Hotel, the Quality Inn, right there at 8th Street. Becoming a senior Citizens facility, senior living facility. That is one place I've, every time I drove by, I never thought about staying a night in oh, there. Oh, my goodness. Never. At one point, it was a decent hotel. But over the years, even the window shades, you look in there, you like, it looks, you, it, without even seeing a room, it, it would just make you scratch. You know what I mean? Jeez. <laughs> You're supposed to leave scratching, not coming in scratching. I know, I know. And um, apparently there's a protest going on down at the federal building. Uh, Let's see, my sources, what did my sources say here? And let's see, here it is. Um, They are protesting at the federal building for the war in Israel. They are here because of Sherrod Brown. They're forming now, start... uh, Started at 9, Channel 5 is here. Please don't use my name. Okay, I won't use your name. I won't use your name. But um, apparently, they are protesting. So we'll see. Protests are going on all over the country. And these college campuses, I never knew there was so much tension between the Palestinians and the Jews on college campuses. Yeah. I I just never knew that. But, uh, geez. These college campuses are off the chain. Definitely off the chain. The uh, Oakland Athletics, you know, they're moving to Las Vegas. And it's been approved by the Major League Baseball owners. The Oakland Athletics moved to Vegas. So uh, Vegas has become a major league town. When there was once, they didn't have any major league teams there but now they do two of them baseball football Vegas has become the spot to go all these residencies 
All these big stars. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. All right. I want to tell you about my good friends over at Dedicated Senior Medical Center. They're always there for you. You, you have your doctor's phone number right there on your phone. You wake up, you're having chest pains. Uh, you don't know whether it's gas or, or what. You call your doctor, you give them the, tell them what's going on. They tell you whether to go to the emergency room or not. Call 911 or whatever. But the fact is, you can call your doctor and talk directly to your doctor if you need to. Yeah, if you need to. And they've got locations all over town. They've got locations all over town. Uh, one in Mount Airy on Coleraine. They're over there in Roseline on Reading Road. And they're over on the west side of town at Glenway Crossing. And more activities like yoga, uh, aerobics. And if you're kind of up in the age and you can't do the aerobics standing up, they have chair aerobics. <laughs> yes. They have Bible study, which I'm going to lead one of these days. One of these days, I got to find out who I talk to, but I'm going to lead the Bible study class one day. Yes, I think I'm suited to lead the Bible study class. I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but I'll find some, something in the Bible that can relate to everyday living. Yes. <laughs> And it'll work like that. They even have line dancing classes. I don't even know how to do that. Uh, what's that singer's name? Uh, Mia, uh, somebody. Uh, what's what's her name? I can't think of it. You're asking the wrong one. Lincoln. Okay, okay. Somebody will let me know. But I can't even do that line dance. I was starting, I looked it up on YouTube, and I was starting to learn like weeks before I got my knee replacement. And after I got my knee replacement, I just never even tried to pick it up again, you know. But maybe it's time for me to go back to the drawing board and uh, try to do it now. <laughs> maybe it's time. Somebody said there's no protesting at Xavier. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Why there's no protesting? There's protesting in a lot of colleges around the country, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. So, and then they had that big um, rally uh, at in Washington, the Jewish community. Oh, Tamia, Tamia Dance, yeah. That's the name of the lady, yeah. So anyway, I am... Oh, I never did give you the phone number over at uh, Dedicated. The phone number is 513-572-5757. 513-572-5757. When you hit Sister Francis, that threw me off. You threw me off with, with the speaking in tongues <laughs> and the Bible study. You threw me off, Terrence. 513-572-5757. Dedicated Senior Medical Center. You got to check them out. All right. Let's take a break. And uh, if you want to jump on board, feel free to do so right now at 513-749-1230. What an easy number. 
zero. 12.30, The Buzz. 12.30, WDBZ, The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station, the Lincoln Ware Show, till 1 o'clock this afternoon. And let's see, the pregame and postgame voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals Radio Network, Wayne Box Miller. What's going on, Box? Lincoln Ware, the man of power. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? Uh, it's a big night tonight for the Bengals. Big, big night, prime time. A uh, lot on the line. The Bengals trying to get their first division win, which is the utmost importance. But I think you know the urgency of this game for both teams, Lincoln, is that they both were disappointed in how they played at home last week. Baltimore yeah. blowing a 14-point lead. The Bengals uh, playing not up to par, but still having a chance to win the game at the end. And just a couple of unfortunate turnovers uh, from the quarterback position and then, you know, a couple of drop passes. But, you know, it's in the rearview mirror now. The thing about Thursday night is you just don't get a lot of time to dwell on what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, what do the Bengals need to do to win? Uh, what, you know, the, do we need to have a running game to win or can we pass our way to victory? Well, what they need to do is stop the run. Yeah, I mean, you gave up 198 yards last week, and you're you're going up against a team that likes to run the ball, and you've got three running backs when you include Lamar Jackson. I mean, Gus Edwards is averaging 4.1 yards a carry, Justin Hill 4.3, and Lamar averaging over five yards a carry. So the Bengals' defense has got to stop the run because if they don't, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be standing on the sideline. Mm. While the mm-hmm. clock tick yeah. tick ticks yep. away, so and they're going up against the Bengals' offense is going up against a defense that's ranked number two in the yeah. in the NFL in total defense mm. and number one in points per game. They're only giving up fifteen point seven points a game. So, you know, it's going to be a test. They know each other. I mean, you know, rivalries, yeah. Lincoln. You've yeah. been following football. A lot of this stuff you can really throw out the window. Mm-hmm. I always say these games are, you know, they're not a, a want to. It's a will to. You yeah. got to have the will to win. And it might come down to turnovers. Turnovers or kicking. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, you know, both teams, the Bengals ranked number one. They're plus 10 in turnover differential. But you've got, you know, arguably the best kicker ever in Justin Tucker and the guy that could supplant him at one point if he continues on the path he's on. And that's Money Mac, Evan McPherson. So both of these guys are kicking over 80% uh, field goal range. Uh, is unlimited. They're both going to go 55, 56, 57 yards, depending on the weather. So it could come down to one of these two guys being called on to hit the ball from uh, a fur piece, as they say. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, man, it's a, it's a must-win for both teams, pretty much. You know, both teams need to win this game, and I hate those games like that. <laughs> you know, it, it really puts a lot of pressure on everybody. I would say, you know, I talked to Kadri Ishmael yesterday and Brad Jackson, who went to UC and played for the Ravens. And, you know, squarely, the Baltimore Ravens are in the crosshairs because you're at home. Yeah. You think about the Bengals, they don't get a Wednesday practice or walkthrough because they've got to get on a plane and mm-hmm. head to Baltimore. Yeah. But, you know, Baltimore has basically blown leads all year. The Bengals basically just didn't come out and play the kind of ball they wanted to. But Baltimore has blown leads, and so they've got to prove that they can close out games. And, you know, against this defense uh, without Sam Hubbard, you don't know how healthy Trey Hendrickson is going to be, but it's still a tall order 
uh, when you have Lou Anarumo as your defensive coordinator. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. It's always great talking to Wayne Box Miller of the Primetime Sports Show. People are calling. <laughs> Lincoln, People want there, you to bring that back. Fifty years, man. I mean, you, you you've been holding it down a long time. And, and, and yeah, we. I mean, when we uh, when you started in radio, I was already there, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, you were forty years in then. I think so. Man, we had right. to audit that. You may have been on radio sixty years. No, it wasn't forty years then, but I remember <laughs> when you started. You we we both was working at the Wiz. Remember that? Yeah. How about that? We were yeah, working at the Wiz. Over one hundred Commonwealth Drive. Yes, yes, yes. At the in, Wiz in uh, Erlanger, Erlanger Kentucky. Kentucky, in a house, <laughs> in a house, <laughs> <laughs> behind the church of all places. Behind the church, getting records. Nobody even knows that. Say the word. Records off the UPS truck, yes. putting it right on the turntable. <laughs> yes. All right, Wayne Box Miller. Good talking to you. Okay, and, uh, you too, brother. All right, we'll talk to you. Uh, that's uh, Wayne Box Miller from the Primetime Sports Show. Yeah, we worked together over at the Wiz many, many, many years ago when the Wiz was in Erlanger, Kentucky, in a house. It belonged to the church, and they sold the house and the, and the radio station. And, um, yeah, it was just like going to somebody's house to go to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was crazy. But we didn't stay over there long. We moved over to uh, Swifton Commons. Moved to Swifton Commons. And uh, we had to see drive. You could drive right by the station and see the jocks actually on the air, which was kind of unique. You know, people stop blowing the horn, waving, and you wave back at them. And the owner, this is what gets me, the owner of the station uh, thought, well, since people can see you, we want our DJs to look presentable. So every DJ must wear a tie while they're on the air. Must wear a tie. So we had to come to work with a white shirt and a tie on. Okay, now what was the reason behind that? I mean, you're on radio, you're not on TV. But people could see us when they drive by because we were in a big glass cage there right in the front of the the station. So you can wear what you want, pants down, but pants, I mean, shirt up, you just had to wear wear shirt and tie. Had to wear shirt and tie. I hated that. Oh, boy, that was horrible. And it wasn't Ross Love. Let me get this. Yeah, that was about... uh, maybe an owner or two before Ross Love. But, yeah, they made us wear a tie, wear a tie, shirt and tie, you know, button-down shirt and a tie to work every day. Lincoln, you made me think of a story. Uh, years ago, by probably a couple of years after I first started here, I was talking to, with a young lady, and I told her I worked, you know, at a radio station. And she was like, for real? I was like, yeah. She said, are, are they looking for any models? <laughs> I said, What? What? You you won't be seen. Right, right. You know? Oh, and she started laughing. She, she oh, realized how yeah. stupid she realized that was. How, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you know. And Good thing she was great at other things, because I tell oh, you, I, it never would have worked out. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't want to hear what she was great at. at uh, please don't tell us. This is radio. Might be some kids listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, somebody said, that's back when you needed a license to be a DJ. Now that was kind of after that. You didn't need a license when we started at the Wiz. You didn't need a license then. But um, back in the 70s, that's when you needed a license 
uh, you're going to be on the air and there was no engineer in the building. You had to have a license. Nowadays, they just let anybody get on the air and anybody run the board like Terrence Howard. They just let anybody take control. <laughs> you know, I'm not that smart. <laughs> Let's go to Zakia. Zakia, how are you? Absolutely, positively wonderful, Papa, just like you are. You know what? This is incredible. What is incredible? Because I was just speaking yesterday about Wayne Box Miller and Eric E.T. Thomas. Really? And he, yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, that's awesome. And I would love for Primetown Sports to come back because I was learning a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, so, that was a good show. Um um, Wayne Box Miller and Eric E.T. Thomas. That was a great show. I got to get on E.T. Thomas on the show. Too. I might give him a call today. You know, you bring oh, him back yeah, all these memories. That. I might give oh, E.T. a call. I would love, absolutely love to hear his voice yeah. and to speak what, with him again. I think, I think you had a crush on E.T., didn't you? Yeah, I did. I thought so. Yeah, buddy. Terrence oh, Howard is wow. getting a little jealous. He's a little jealous over there. Who? Terrence Howard. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, Eric E.T. Thomas. <laughs> oh, that was my heart drop. Oh, oh. I loved him. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but Papa. Yes. How they going to let a heathen teach Bible study? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Who's the heathen? You? Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Remember when um, it was during... The uh, uh, what jazz festival when they would have our music festival, whatever, and they would have like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Sunday would be gospel. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, but they wouldn't let you do the thing on Sunday because you were heathen. Oh my god, thanks for your call, <laughs> unbelievable. Let's uh, take a break and then we'll come back. 513-749-1230. Lincoln, we're with you. Till 1 o'clock this afternoon, 12.30, The Buzz. Twelve thirty, WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station, the Lincoln Ware Show, till one o'clock this afternoon. And uh, hey, she's here a little early. We might as well get on early. Hey, how about that? The Hamilton County Prosecutor Melissa Powers, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lincoln. It's great to be here. And uh, it, it's been a long time. I mean, I've known you over the years and years, ever since you were a lawyer, then a judge, and now you're the prosecutor. So uh, uh, there's a lot going on. You're a busy lady. I am very busy, and we do go way back. Yes, yes, definitely. Now, tell me a little bit about, uh, let's start off talking about juvenile crime and and uh, uh, the gun situation that's going on here in Cincinnati. What do you think? I mean, how do you stop this stuff, and how do you stop this madness? Well, obviously, this is what the main concern of the city right now, mm-hmm. um, is the safety of different neighborhoods in the community. 
Um, we want to make sure that um, uh, the people that are involved in the violence are um, removed from the neighborhoods and try to keep so that we can keep people safe. Um, the there, It's a complex issue mm-hmm. with multiple ways to approach um, the entire solution, and it's not just one way to solve the problem. Um, from the perspective of the prosecutor's office, obviously we want to get the bad guys off the street so yes. that these communities are safe. We want judges to be giving bonds uh, or holding a juvenile um, to so that they do not return back into the community and, com- and commit more crimes or hurt more people or create more victims. Mm-hmm. Everything is about public safety. Yes. Yeah. And what about the judges and the bond, even with adults? Now, I know it's got to be driving you crazy how some of these guys are back out on the street, low bonds they're setting. Uh, <laughs> I know some cases, you know, you I can see a low bond for people, but some of the it's right there in front of your face and they give them a a low bond and they're back out there committing crimes again. You're exactly right. Um, we it is a strong concern, and this my office has been fighting very hard, and the prosecutors in the courtrooms have been fighting very hard to make sure again those that are committing the violent crimes, those that have gun charges, they are being held so that mm-hmm. others can continue to be safe. And I think there's a uh, uh, the judges do not understand that they basically are playing Russian roulette, letting them go mm-hmm. back and return back to the same neighborhoods, to the same community. It's not helping um, and it's not solving any problems. Um, they may think that they're being nice or this is the right thing to do mm-hmm. or they're imposing their own political philosophy, whatever it may be. But they're not putting the safety of others in, in their neighborhoods right, when they- at, at, come, come first. That That is the has to be the priority. And that's one way to start solving. It's not the way to solve the problem, but at least we can start working on what's happening in these neighborhoods um, to be able to stop the violence and the cycle of violence. Mm-hmm. And, and then the same guns are being used, uh, I'm hearing, in different crimes by different people. Uh, that's got to be an, uh, a real problem. It is a problem. Um, there's such a thing as the guns are being passed around um, or, or community type guns. They're being hidden in places that they are accessible to other um, uh, gang members, so to speak, um, in these neighborhoods. And they know where those guns are. So, yes, that's a problem. Now, uh, Scotty Johnson uh, brought up uh, the proposal of maybe uh, charging people with a felony if their gun is taken out of their car. Uh, not secured properly. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's something doable or not? It's really going to come down to our state legislature to pass such laws as that. It is a problem about responsible gun ownership. Mm-hmm. I believe that we need to do what is what is necessary, uh, whether it's just getting the message out to make sure that people understand you need to have responsible gun ownership mm-hmm. um, so that these guns do not fall into the hands of, of juveniles and other criminals. Now, in case people don't know, who is Melissa Powell? Where did you go to college? Uh, you know, where did you grow up? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a hometown girl. I'm fr- I grew up in Mount Airy. Um, I, um, uh, my parents worked very hard. My father was the breadwinner. He was uh, an iron worker at P&G. And uh, neither of my parents went to college, but they put education as a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my siblings out of five, I'm one of five, uh, we all went to college. So I was fortunate that they, they stressed education, mm-hmm. hard work, um, and, 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 and merit. 
um, and earn, you know, to get out there and earn. They also uh, stressed, and I learned um, from them, is to treat others the way you want to be treated, but also service. So my entire life um, since high school on mm-hmm. has been to devote it to serving others and helping others and trying to make a difference in the community. Um, as far as my uh, college uh, is UC, so again, just uh-huh. a native Cincinnatian, couldn't afford, put myself through college. I was a single mom when I was in college, um, finished my degree in education and art education, actually. Um, and then at that time, there weren't they weren't hiring too many art teachers back then because of the economy. So I went back to school and got a law degree. So when I graduated, I was 30 years old. My son was eight. Um, So it took a while. It was a lot of hard work to get there. And then I started directly out of law school um, and went to the prosecutor's office and um, was a prosecutor that tried cases. I started in the appellate division. Um, writing briefs and researching. And back then it wasn't by computer. You did it by the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm I'm of that era. And and then from there, um, went through every division, tried cases um, and municipal, juvenile, and the felony divisions. Um, Back in 1997, while I was in the felony division, I went and met and started corresponding with a, a white supremacist serial killer. And yeah. um, and I got that confession. Yeah, that was your main claim to fame. You got him to confess to you. Now, tell, how was that sitting across from him and you knew what you were doing, trying to, you know, get him to warm up to you? And how, how what was that like? Because that's your main claim to fame, pretty much. You know, well, I, that's where, I mean, you made the headlines with that. I did make the headlines. And again, that was before 24-7 yeah. type news yeah. stations. Yeah. It, again, this is earlier on. Uh, it did go international. But what it was like, it was like Silence of the Lambs is probably the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was meeting with somebody that evil was working through him. Yeah. Um, it was very scary, very uh, traumatic. Um, uh, but I had a job to do, and it was to get that confession so that uh, our the prosecutor's office could bring closure to the victim's families. This was a 17-year-old crime um, that he finally gave a confession. They always believed it was Joseph Paul Franklin that committed those murders mm-hmm. in Bond Hill. The two black uh, kids there. They were four, 13 and 14 mm-hmm. years old, walking down the street with a dollar in their hand, going to the pony keg to buy some candy at night. And he sat up on that railroad trestle with a high-power rifle, did a sniper shot, and killed both of them. Um, and um, to speak with him, uh, it was chilling, I, I sat with him for on death row in St. Louis to get that confession. It was about four hours I was with him directly mm-hmm. trying to get him. But he also um, confessed to uh, four other murders to me um, and two murders in West Virginia. Someone else had been convicted of. So I was able to provide and, and exonerate that individual. And he was released um, and get out of prison. And, and Franklin was held responsible. Um that really took a toll on me, yeah, and right. um, I was ready. I needed a change. Um, I went after that. Um, I didn't feel safe myself after mm-hmm. that experience. I felt like it was his, the way he killed indiscriminately, uh, he had a, had a purpose. His purpose was to save the white race. So he was targeting African-American uh, interracial couples, um, and those were his targets. He killed 26 people. Jeez. He he um, bombed three synagogues. He committed bank robber bank robberies to finance his exploits, and he traveled. He was uh, across the country, 
And um, where he felt comfortable was in the South because he felt protected. That was where he was from. Um, but um, I was per- glad I had a job to do, which was to bring him to justice for the victims. And often in these types of cases, no matter how no matter how old a, a murder case may be, to bring closure to that family, mm-hmm. uh, it, that helps their healing, that helps their their grieving process, and they feel that they've got justice. Yeah. And so I want to say to anybody that has any information, we have so many unsolved. We have oh. a great homicide conviction rate and solve rate in Cincinnati Police Department. They do a phenomenal job. But such as this most recent one, the young boy, um, the 11-year-old, and then the drive-by shooting, people know about this, mm-hmm. and think- they need to come forward. So they you- need to speak, and they can do it anonymously. But people know things. And people need to understand that that is somebody's son, that is somebody's grandson, that's somebody's friend. Mm-hmm. The families need closure, and we need people to come forward. Yeah, and that's the thing. If if they know who did it, why why are they keeping silent? You know, why are they keeping quiet? Fear, you think? Is that there's, part of the reason? I think there's a number of reasons. It could be that they're fearful of um, coming forward, that they may mm-hmm. put themselves in yeah. harm's way. They don't want to be in a courtroom to testify. Um, but there, there's information that can be provided anonymously through mm-hmm. Crime Stoppers yeah. um, that that does not have that type of involvement, um, and that they should they need to come forward so that they can solve the crimes and be able to bring justice to these families. It's the only way to stop it. Um, as part of the equation of stopping the violence and removing the bad actors and getting them off the streets and out of our neighborhoods. All right, let's break for news. We'll come back with more right here on twelve thirty. The Buzz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Twelve thirty, WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln, we're with you till one o'clock this afternoon. In the studio, we've got the Hamilton County Prosecutor Melissa Powers with us, and I uh, uh, want to talk about. Oh, you, when we first talked and scheduled this uh, this uh, meeting here today. Uh, you didn't have an opponent. Uh, boy, you've got one now, That's and uh, right. she's coming out swinging. What do you think? 
You're right. She is coming out swinging. Um, so what do I think? I think the voters of Hamilton County in 2024 is going to have a real clear choice. And it's going to be somebody, do you want somebody with experience who's been in the courtroom for 31 years, who's tried cases, um, who has helped and served this community, a native Cincinnatian, um, somebody that knows how to run an office of this magnitude, um, and and um, or do you want somebody that is per- pretty much, I mean, it's, I think I read a career politician was one of the statements being made. Mm-hmm. She'll put her hat in the ring of any political race that she thinks she may have a chance of winning. Um, I know that she has some trial experience or as a public defender, but I think that was very um, little. I also uh, not sure if how long she practiced law. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. So, and she's made statements about the professionalism of the office. Yes, Connie Pillage says uh, she's going to do one of those uh, aftap peerball jobs like he did when he took over the clerk of courts. Get rid of the nepotism and clean it out. That's what she says. Well, I, I don't know what she's talking about, and I think she doesn't know what she's talking about. Our office doesn't have that. Um, our office hires the most qualified, talented uh, candidates, and these attorneys are well sought after um, with the experience that they have of in the courtroom and their trial experience. We're losing them left and right to, mm-hmm. to big corporate law firms that can offer more money. Um, it is a job that you have to have a desire to serve um, the people and to make a difference in the community. You have to have a desire to keep the community safe and to be working towards that. Um, and to to say that it's um, a politic only hired for poli- on pol- politics, that's a question that's mm-hmm. never asked of anybody that's being okay. hired in this office. Um, I was hired in 1991 by Arthur Nay. Um, Art Nay, and yes. uh, even back then they didn't ask well, how do you vote or what are your politics. It was never. I, I don't know what she's mm-hmm. talking about oh. now. Does that mean uh, that um, people that come to the office they have they they may be Republican yeah. because they're law and order. They may be Republican because they are trying to keep the streets safe. Um, they will be arguing to set bonds to keep the streets safe, or they will be arguing um, to to put somebody behind bars that isn't a good. So it may attract more conservative law and order type people, but it has nothing to do with that's mm-hmm. all we hire on on that basis. Um, we are looking at resumes. Um, this is like I said, we are. This office is is like a major law firm, and we're competing. We don't pay mm-hmm. like a major no, law firm, no. but uh, we are competing with those law firms um, for talent as well. And it's just the way. It's just I don't know what she's talking about, to be honest well, with you. Well, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, campaign coming up. You and Connie Pillage going at it, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, I tell you something that really ruffled your feathers was the street takeovers. You oh. <laughs> were fired up over the street takeovers, and you got one guy. You got one. Yeah, we're lucky we were able to, and I think there will be more. Um, the Cincinnati Police Department, we're working with them, and they're working hard to go through the different videotapes mm-hmm. to identify people, and you have to go back through social media. Um, they have been able to identify one. Um, I think this is something, well, we have bigger issues, no doubt about it, mm-hmm. that the Cincinnati Police and our neighborhoods and our city council were concerned about violence, juvenile crime, um, keeping everybody safe, um, but... You can't just let and ignore lawlessness. And this is these street takeovers are is sheer lawlessness. And we have to make sure that we are stopping that 
along with everything mm-hmm. else. And you can't, uh, if we don't take a firm stand on this and allow this type of activity, we're going to see more organized crime, more yeah. organized lawlessness, mm-hmm. where they'll take over, let's say, Target, for example. Um, we see it all over the TV. It's happening in other cities, yes, and is. cities are burning because of this, in a sense. I'm using that, um, not literally, but they are... The decay. We do not want that in Hamilton County. I grew up here. I love our city. I want our city to be a great place to live for everybody. I want everybody deserves to feel safe in their on their own streets, in their own neighborhoods, on their own playgrounds. And that's the goal. Now, uh, you know, I, I look at stories around the country and I see these guys getting out of jail that have been falsely uh, convicted and uh, with the evidence being withheld, you know, they spend 20, 30, 40 years in jail and they get out. Uh, Does that stuff happen here, you think? I mean, withholding evidence to send somebody to jail, does it happen here? I can tell you that it has not. I don't believe it's happening here. Um, We obviously are, we will look at any case that may have, those types of issues involved. But I can tell you that this office is run fairly, justly. We do not want to put an innocent person behind bars. Mm -hmm. Um, That is our last thing that we are trying to accomplish. We are not focused on conviction rates or solving uh, crime unless it is the actual perpetrator. Um, We want the, the right people that are being convicted because they committed the crime. We're not looking to put anybody that's innocent behind bars. And if there was a mistake made, then we want to correct that. All right. Uh, can you take some phone calls? Sure. All right. Let's uh, let's start off with Ray. Ray, go ahead. You have a question. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, uh, two questions. Lincoln, uh, that statement that you guys just talked about, I think uh, there was a judge was trying to get a guy out who spent years in jail. And Joe Dieter said that he withheld evidence but the evidence he withheld wouldn't have made a difference. But that wasn't up to him to decide that. That would have been up to a jury. Uh, you know that guy that uh, that uh, this judge trying to get out? I don't know if she can talk about it. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know about the case you're referring to. It's the to. Blue Ash case. The Blue Ash case. Oh, the, the Elwood Jones. Yeah, okay. Jones. Uh-huh. Um, all right. The Elwood Jones case, that matter is, is still in, um, being decided by the Supreme Court. And so I don't want to comment on that. Uh, at this time, our position, though, is very strong that there was not an error committed by the prosecutors uh, and the prosecutor's office in the prosecution of that. I was a young prosecutor, actually, and actually got to see um, and watched in the back of the courtroom some of the evidence being tried. I'll never forget some of that testimony. Um, but uh, it is a case that's right now pending, so I don't want to comment publicly. All right, Ray. Thanks. I got to move on because he'll ask you a thousand questions. Marcus, <laughs> you have a question? Uh, first of all, I, I like to, to commend the uh, prosecutor for her great job. But my question is this: uh, you know, and I was trying to get up there, but you know, the knee is pretty uh, jacked up, so I was slow. But I would like to ask: how do you feel, you know, in terms of what the uh, basically the Democrat judges are doing with giving these guys no bail? little bail for very bad crimes and the fact that you have, you know, Democrat judges that are allowing uh, serial pedophiles to go free without any penalties. Well, they basically were on probation for five years. 
So how do you feel? You know, I see the feast of famine with the Democratic Party. They'll make it so that, you know, things are really harsh for people in urban areas, or they'll make it so that it's so lenient that it causes problems in, in urban areas. And, and how does that affect what you do? All right. Uh, hang up and listen to the answer. Well, we are concerned and fight for the appropriate bail to keep violent or dangerous repeat offenders off the streets. And so we fight very hard for the appropriate bond. We don't always get that. I think that some of the judges don't have the experience to understand that when putting that, allowing a low bond or a no bond and not set any kind of bond to let them go right back into the community, that they're going to create more victims and continue to cause problems. They think they're helping the communities, but they're actually hurting the most vulnerable communities. And we never get an opportunity to jump and break that cycle of violence or the victimization of many more people in these neighborhoods. And so the neighborhoods are continued to be plagued with these problems, and it's, it's just unsafe for everybody. I don't know if they understand that. I don't think that some of them don't have the experience. A lot of the judges that came in in 2020 never practiced criminal law, had no experience in a courtroom. I'm not talking about all of them, but I think some of them came in very naive, thinking, be woke, be progressive, and it's innocent until proven guilty at the bond, but they've lost the concept. Bond is to keep mm-hmm. is for the safety of the public. Uh, there's other reasons, but that's one of the that's our primary as the prosecutor's office. We want neighborhoods and people to feel safe. We don't want crime committed, and so you take the bad actor off the street, and hopefully you can solve some problems while that's happening. So it's frustrating. I think they're getting better. Some of them are getting better and realizing that people are yeah, upset when, when with them. When they let somebody out and they see they go out and commit another crime, then they're like, oh, boy. You right. Know, or some, yeah. you know, and, and some of these crimes are more murders, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, or if it's a sex type of case, it's more victims, more rape victims, more more children are being hurt. So um, it's a problem. It, we know that it doesn't work. And I think hardworking, um, common sense people, no matter what your political persuasion is, you don't want bad guys on the street. You want to feel safe. You want to know that our our community is trying to protect all of us, that our leaders, our judges, um, our counsel, our police officers, the prosecutor's office, we're trying to protect you and keep you safe. Now, what about these juveniles that are being bound over to adult court? Uh they're they're pretty much lost uh, after you after they go into adult prisons and stuff. What happens? I mean, to those kids there, because I mean, they probably committed some bad crimes. But what happens to them? Well, uh, some of them, there's some that can get rehabilitated in that process, and some, as you said, may end up worse going into prison. But I don't know what other options we have. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got um, we had, um, I was having a discussion, there there was a, there is a gang problem here in Hamilton County that I don't know in the city of Cincinnati, that I don't know if people are really recognizing. Yeah, they, 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 the police they keep did, saying there's no gangs here, but you're saying they're gangs. We know that there are 11, at least 11 gangs operating in Hamilton County. One of the gangs is a murder for hire gang. Last summer, 
not this past summer, a year ago summer, there was two individuals operating, a juvenile and one that it was an adult at 18, operating, and they were responsible for 30% of the homicides. Once we took them off the streets, those numbers dropped. Mm. So you have to take them off the streets. That's the solution. Do they go and remain in juvenile court, or do they go? are they bound over? And that's a question for the judges to answer. And I was a juvenile court judge for six years. Those are difficult decisions that you take very, very care, uh, seriously. Yeah. You look at a lot of information. There's in-depth psychological evaluations that you revo- you know you're going back through. You're looking at their entire history, um, and you're making decisions whether they can handle. You know, ba- you got mm-hmm. you got to balance the seriousness of the crime, but also are they mature enough emotionally and psychologically mature enough? to be able to be bound over into the adult system. When they're in the adult system, if they go to the penitentiary, then they'll be limited. They'll be restricted. They'll be outside of the other adults, but they'll be with other children, other youth that until they're 21 years old. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough when you, yeah, so they'll be with other youth till they're 21, and then 21, they just going into the adult prison. There. And okay. then they're adults. But as you said, they're very, um, yeah. they're survivors. They, they know, you know, they're, they're, um, um, I mean, they're survivors because that's what they've done yeah. their entire life until this point that they've gotten to trouble. They learned how to survive, but there's a whole, that's a whole other topic about the trauma yes. that they've experienced and, uh, throughout their life. All right. One final call here before we wrap things up. Stefan, r- real quick. How you doing? All right, Lincoln. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Ms. Power? I'm well. How are you? I'm hanging there, uh, hanging there. Uh, question, when this marijuana just passed, and if a person don't have a marijuana license, will he do a lot of time if he get caught selling weed? I couldn't. He said, will you do a lot of time? Yeah, if you get well, caught selling weed and um, you don't have a license to sell. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble, um, I'm sure. I haven't, um, the law doesn't take effect until another 30 days, I think. Um, and then the state legislature or the assembly is trying to, they'll probably put some more restrictions and set up the penalties. So I haven't seen the final piece. But as of today, it's still illegal, um, even possession. And um, uh, so I, I don't know how to answer your question quite yet until I find out exactly what the law is going to be. But the law okay. is, it's, the law is, it is this, the people spoke. They want this to be legal recreationally. But no, selling pot is not is not uh, part of this bill. So you can't sell it. <laughs> All right, okay. uh, uh, Stefan, keep that two-ounce uh, baggie of yours hidden, <laughs> hidden away. I'll smoke weed, Lincoln. You do. <laughs> Thanks for your call. All right, uh, uh, Prosecutor Melissa Powers, I want to thank you for stopping in today. We thank appreciate you. it. Appreciate you coming, and we'll have to have you back again. We'd love to have that. I'm sure, thank you. We, I'm sure we'll get Connie Pillage in here because she's going to want to uh, give her spew. So, uh, hey, we'll have you both back again. How thank about you. That? I appreciate it. All have right, a great thank day. Thank you for joining me. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back. 1230 the buzz would you mind would you mind 
1230 WDBZ, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Lincoln, we're with you till 1 o'clock this afternoon. And I want to thank uh, Hamilton County Prosecutor Melissa Powers for coming in, spending a few minutes with us this morning. And, yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty good uh, fight there. I got about another year, a little less than, a, little less than a, a year before we'll know who will be the next Hamilton County prosecutor. Connie Pillage, Melissa Powers, going at it. Yes. And, yeah, Connie Pillage came out swinging, <laughs> you know, talking about nepotism and all kind of stuff. But uh, we'll get her in here eventually, talk to her. And I'm sure we'll have uh, Melissa Powers back in. Yes. She was a little hesitant coming in. Some people down in the office probably told her, oh, you better watch watch that show. Oh, you better be careful. But, hey, she uh, didn't listen to them, and she came on in. So we like that. Yes. All right. Let's get back to the telephone, 749-1230-513 is the area code. Let's go to Sean Weems. I'd always, I'm always scared when somebody gives their first and last name. What's, uh, <laughs> what's I, up? I just wanted to make sure it was clear and understood. You hear me? <laughs> yes. But okay. yeah, I, I, you know, I'm the individual that had, the, you know, they put the fake case on me against Miss Lisa Perth. They you did what? They did you what to me you? Calling? Okay, what did they do to you now? They put the fake retaliation and intimidation case on me. Oh, okay. I had like four felonies facing like 12 years. They tried to take them away from my kids. Oh, at boy. that time, she was the judge magistrate at 800 Broadway. Okay. Uh, made a bogus claim on my, what do you mean, as far as my, uh, me trying to get custody of my kids because they hate my guts. They try to say in the paperwork that I'm a anti-white. Oh, like, I got transparent. You know what I mean? We being transparent right now, right? So yeah. we being honest and clear about things, right? Yeah. So... I just wanted, I'm sorry that I didn't get the opportunity to call because I'm on my break right now, so mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to talk to her. You know, I want to, you know, clarify okay. some things. But it's, it's funny to me she got to talking about bail. Yeah. And you remember the last time I talked to you, I told you I had a $2.4 million bail. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. I was like, what did you do? How many people did you kill? I was just inquiring about people's surety bonds. Remember, I was telling you about surety bonds and that thing yeah. of that nature, and yes. how, how you go, how you start. You know, but how you did, got a problem how, with what, a public official. Wait, what made them put a two point four million dollar bond on you? I haven't even heard of one that high in Hamilton County before. If give you if I give you my paperwork, it's probably public knowledge, and you can get it yourself, brother. You would be like, "What? The, I got a lawsuit coming." You hear me? Big lawsuit coming. That two point four million dollars that yeah. they had me on bail. Yeah, they gonna cash me out there, brother. All but right, Sean. Joke, I remember that name, Sean. When I called down there, I told them plain and simple, I'm suing y'all, and I'm coming after y'all surety bond. They got scared to death and tried to make up some bogus allegations talking about I was threatening people, kids, and trying to get. They try to say threatening John Coleman in my paperwork. He clearly said he didn't want no charges to be pressed. You feel me? Then they had some prosecutor over 800 Broadway in my paper. It's all in my paperwork. Okay. All right. He told them, listen, I, I could go on and on. I know brother, you could. But I'm I trying know to you tell could. you, like, you know, you got to watch these snakes, man. Cut your grass, man, out here, man. Watch right. these snakes, man. You Thank- feel me? Before it's prosecutor's wise, we need an African-American in there, man. 
You feel me? I don't give a damn if they if they Democrat or Republican to be honest. Well, well we see that, that makes now. no sense at all. Just because they black, just because they your color, don't mean they're your kind. No, nah, they, they don't. They don't. So, so we got to be so on that, that. That makes Excuse no sense lane. at all. We got to be on them. You, I mean, what about Cameron over in Kentucky? Would you like for him to be the prosecutor? Look what he it did was, with the came to the uh, uh, Brown case, uh, uh, Taylor case over in Kentucky. To be honest with you, brother. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. We got like five years of prayer anyway. We don't. It don't even matter no more for real. All this shit's gonna go to chaos. Excuse my language, but it's all going to Jeez. chaos, brother. So vote for whoever you want to vote. Eleven twenty nine. All right. Thanks for your call. All right. He says he, he don't care whether they Republican or Democrat, just as long as they're black. See, <laughs> as Thurgood Marshall once said, "A snake is a snake. A black snake can bite you just as quick as a white one will." Come on, Sean Weems. <laughs> oh, jeez. Unbelievable. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back. Sam, Rick Jr., and others holding on. We'll get to you. It's the Lincoln Ware Show, 1230, The Buzz. Feels so real. 1230 WDBZ, the buzz of Cincinnati. Your talk station, Lincoln Ware, till one at one Shopton. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. At one o'clock. Make sure you check him out. All right, let's move along. 749-1230. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's free side Thursday at the Dukester. What's cooking? Hey, good morning, Lincoln, and happy Freeside Thursday, Buzz listeners. That's right, it's Thursday, and you only have seven more days before Turkey Day. If you're not sure that you're going to have that Thanksgiving meal cooked on time, why not call the Dukes and order your baked or deep-fried turkey or ham, plus all your side dishes to go along with your Thanksgiving feast. There's no need to worry because you still have time. All you have to do is call the Dukes at 513-761-2300. Oh, and don't forget to order your sweet potato pie. And let me remind you that it's going down this Saturday night as Upscale Events presents their Western-style ball from 8 until 12 at the Willow Event Center, located at 7881 Colerain Avenue. If you need tickets for this event, stop by the Dukes and see me. Now, on the Dukes' menu today is our Jamaican jerk chicken, hot egg beans and potato salad, or come on by for our tender turkey ribs with mashed potatoes and gravy, smothered cabbage, and cornbread. We're also feeding our crispy cat nuggets with steak fries and coleslaw. But my pick for today, Lincoln, is our golden salmon croquette meal with cheddar potatoes and green beans. Have a blessed day, everybody. We'll speak on you later, Lincoln. All right, that's the Dukester right there in the Summit Plaza on Reading Road. And some of that jerk chicken sounds pretty good. That jerk chicken. Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. And they blacktopped that lot up there uh, where the Dukes is located. They, you know, the lot had a lot of little potholes in it, and they cleaned that up, got it blacktopped, and it's good to go. Smooth as a, a baby's rear end. Real smooth. All right. 749-1230.
513 is the area code. Looks like Rick Jr. is up. Rick Jr., what's on that uh, feeble mind of yours this morning? Uh, uh, good morning. Near the weekend, I'm always there. And plus, the, I guess I'll, I'll look up the Bengals game this evening. Hey, uh, uh, listen, you, you do you, you do have uh, many black doctors listening to this show every morning, I, I'd imagine, right? Well, I'm, if, if they're not... I mean, black. If they're practicing, they probably not listening. But if they're retired, they may yeah. be listening. I know well, Doctor Doctor Melvin listens uh, well, in maybe his Dr. office. Doctor Melvin can answer the question I have. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, it's, it's a subject that I have never heard spoken about on, uh, you know, on in in, the, in any of the black magazines or on the radio or anything. And that's hospital staff privileges. You know, the black concern with black doctors. In Cincinnati, yeah, that was written. Now, this article I read is pretty old. Now, that's why I want to get back feeling it because it's like a 1970-ish article. I wanted to see if it had anything changed in the last 40 years. I mean, you know, like in 19, according to this article in 1970, uh, like uh, even that Dr. Oxley, you know, she you know she graduated. She was the first uh, female doctor to graduate from uh, UC Medical School, okay? You know, that was way back in 1935. Even she did not have hospital staff privilege when she passed at, at, at General Hospital. Can you believe that? Well, I don't know the. I don't know how you get privileges. What like, I mean, uh, what like, are the requirements like, for a doctor to have privileges at another hospital? It's like it's like joining the fraternity. That's why I wanted. That's why I prefaced before I started talking. I wonder how many. I wonder if the some black doctor or a or a black physician that could call me and backfill what I'm telling you. You know, because this is important stuff. This is important information because there was. I, my, I mean, my family. We knew a lot of people that passed probably unnecessarily back in the '60s, and that's probably the reason why their physician. I mean, a lot of them had black doctors. God bless them, and they didn't have hospital staff privileges, which, which meant. That you you could not that doctor could not sign you in on, on in, at the hospital that you maybe wanted to go to. That, that that's one problem. Another problem with that is they are not if they don't have hospital staff privileges. That means they not. What? How do you dream stuff. this stuff up? Do you sit somewhere and say, "Oh, I'm going to talk no, about just, privileges I'm, in hospitals today with doc"? Where do you get this stuff from? Well, it's it's important because if your doctor doesn't have, like say if they're in Cincinnati, if, <laughs> if your doctor doesn't have a general hospital, they don't have hospital staff privileges. For example, that means they are not current. They are not up to snuff on the latest techniques, unless they're going to some kind of seminars or something. Yeah, yeah. You get you dig it. So well, that means you you could be having a doctor a... that's second rate. You know, <laughs> if they're not, if they don't have any of these. They have privileges. Okay. For one thing, they're going to fall behind. The well, normally, through. your doctor will send you to the hospital where they have privileges. If you have to go for a test or something like that, they normally try to send you to the hospital where they will have privileges. Well, I, that's what I want to find out. But down there since that, is there, did they fix that problem? Because there were very few hospitals. There, there was a lot of doctors. You're talking there about stuff back in the 50s. You're talking about, hospital. you mentioned General Hospital. That's back in the 50s. Come on no, now. No, 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 this, this was in the 70s. Oh, this, this was like oh, in the 70s, only you know. 50 years ago. Okay. Uh, I got to go, uh, uh, Rick Jr. Thanks for your call. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where does he get this stuff?
Where does he come up with? Oh, let's talk about hospital privileges. Any doctors listening today? Lincoln, remember back in the day when he first started calling in, he used to call himself the informant. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. he's informing Forming you, Lincoln. Yeah, on hospital privilege, pri- privileges from uh, with different doctors. These okay. are important things that you need, need to, to know. know. Yes, yes, I need to know because I may end up in the hospital and my doctor might not be able to treat me because he won't have privileges at that hospital. Unbelievable. All right. And then he went back to general hospital. I was born in General Hospital 73 years ago. And he's talking about, <laughs> okay, Sam, how are you? I'm doing fine, Lincoln, and your Al Sharpton impression is getting better, better and it's better. Getting better and better. I'm all, Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that woman you had on, she sounds like she is evil to the core. Oh, my God. Uh, do not ever have her back on the oh show. She good. sounds evil, and that's that's just all what I call to say. Uh, the way she talked about the youth and the city, and uh, how, you know, she, she just she sounded evil. Were you listening to another radio station? Were you listening to another? She didn't sound evil. She did. You weren't. You weren't listening. No boy. All right, Sam. I asked the callers, did she sound evil? She did. (laughs) All right, Sam. Thanks for your call. Unbelievable. I I thought she had a very soothing uh, voice there. Kind of soothing. You know, I could almost fall asleep. It was so soothing. (laughs) Yes. All right. Very soothing. Yeah. All right, let's move along. 749-1230-513 is the area code. Lincoln, we're with you. And Marcus called in. You know, he had to bring in, he had to get something in the pedophiles. Uh, Marcus, you know, he had to get it in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, But, I mean, she did these guns that they pass around and it's just crazy how they do that stuff. And yeah, the teenage uh, hit for hire dude, the 13, 14 year old kid. Uh, that was uh, something, you know, a gang, this was a gang who uh, kill people for you. I believe the hit gang. You want to hit on somebody, they would take care of it. I'm glad she got them off the street. Jeez. Unbelievable. But there's a lot of witness intimidation going on out there. People are afraid. But you can give you you can you can give tips so that they can arrest somebody and you don't have to end up testifying. You just give them the tools to go and arrest the person. And you can do that through crime stoppers. If you do it through crime stoppers, you don't have to end up on the witness stand. You know, Mr. Ware, and I'm, I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but a lot of folks complain that the police aren't doing their jobs and not working hard enough to to catch these criminals. And but they're not helping the police when it comes to giving tips and, and, yeah. and, and being a witness yeah. and, and, and letting you do Like you said, you don't have to do it. Right. Just call Crime Stopper yeah, and say, you can do it secretly. I know who did it. It's so and so. They live here. That's all you have to say. Because sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. Yeah. And we don't want that to happen. Yes. All right. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How people with this no stitching, no snitching uh, rule because they think that if you snitch, you get stitch. Stitches, snitches get stitches. Yes, they do. But it's worth it. Now, you're not going to get any stitches if you snitch. I don't know who snitched. Crime Stoppers will keep your secret. All right. We're going to take a break and then we'll come back. And, uh, yeah, we were just talking about uh, Scotty Johnson with the prosecutor a few minutes ago. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk to Scotty right here on the Lincoln Ware Show, 1230, The Buzz. Twelve thirty, WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. It's Thursday, Thursday night football, Bengals and Ravens tonight on Channel Nine, where Nine is on your side, where Nine stands for news, where Nine is your hometown station. Did I li- did I miss out on anything? I think I got them all in there. All right, let's go to my good friend, Cincinnati City Council member. Scotty Johnson. Scotty, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good, Lincoln. Thank you. Hey, you left one out. The Owl Shot at Cotty News. It's 11 o'clock time <laughs> for the Owl Shot at Cotty News. The color, films, pictures, and sounds of the day's events from the station where news is first. Now, here's Owl Shot at Cotty. I'm showing my age. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Hey, you know, Lincoln, uh, I made a a, a statement the other day during uh, safety and governance committee where the police chief came in with the senior crime analyst mm-hmm. and my brother, I am just completely blown away at the statistics yes. that show 70%, 70 of the firearms stolen in this city, in the city limits are taken from motor vehicles. That's crazy. That is, that is insane. That, that's insane, Lincoln. And it shows two quick things. It shows how many people are actually armed, and I'm not knocking that. If you uh, choose to uh, carry a firearm, fine. I'm just begging for you to be responsible. And then it also shows the, the, you know how many people have firearms, and then it also shows how many people take for granted that their gun, putting their, leaving a gun in the car, is a thing right, to do? Right, right, right. It is. It is. It's, it's completely irresponsible. We cannot have. And then to be honest, and I didn't hear uh, Melissa. I didn't hear her interview. I just got out of a meeting. But the the, the sad thing is, Lincoln, is that the we don't know how many of these guns are actually used in other crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of these guns are used in robberies and the sh- and shootings? And that's where I am really pushing to move that we got to make sure in the city of Cincinnati we are addressing gun safety yes. as a priority. Well, look how many people uh, were shot with uh, the, the, uh, the, the uh, sheriff's gun. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. It was involved exactly. in a few crimes there. Yes, and that and that's a reality. And you know, it, it's it's incredible also the pushback when you get when you start taking about talking about safety. Look, like I said, I I support the Second Amendment and people being able to own firearms. Mm-hmm. But there is a level of expectation that comes with owning a firearm. You have to be cautious of safety when you're carrying when you have yes. a firearm. Yes. And if and, and when you and, and there are safety locks, gun safety locks that you can have installed in your trunk and they work. Okay. You are not going to be able if you have a gun, a gun uh, safety lock stored um, stored in your trunk, and some have people under the seat, you are not going to get that gun out of there. Mm-hmm. It takes it, it takes too to, long, and then they don't want to be long. in that car too long. They want to hit and run. They exactly. they don't want to stay in there long. Yeah, and that's what that's what my plea is for those. Look, you can own a gun. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. You can carry a gun. Obviously, in the state of Ohio. You don't even need a permit anymore or a CCW permit, any of that. But you got to be responsible in carrying these guns. Now, some and people say that, okay, if you charge these people who leave their gun in their car and it's stolen, you're making a criminal out of a victim. Well, think about this, Lincoln. Think about what happens with people that, unfortunately— yeah, yeah. Uh, are irresponsible with their guns in their homes. Yeah, that's true. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about somebody burglarizing a home, but people can be charged if you're irresponsible and you don't put guns up in children or in your home. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this. I'm not making criminals out of victims. I'm asking for those that choose to transport firearms in their cars I'm asking for them to be responsible. And it is it is something we've got to get our hands on. Obviously we're not we're not doing enough in the city of Cincinnati. Obviously we're not. We yeah. wouldn't have seventy percent of the guns stolen out of I mean seventy percent of the guns stolen are coming out of motor vehicles. And that message is not getting across. Mm-hmm. Seventy percent that's a lot. Across. I mean seventy percent, that's a lot. That's and, a lot of people transporting firearms in their cars. And do you and think they're them are they in there looking for guns or are they just looking yeah. for whatever's according, in there? According to the crime analysts and and the reports we're get the police department were getting back. Money and credit cards were left in the cars. Jeez. Now think about that. It used to be if you smashed the window, you were looking for money yeah. or credit cards mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Money, purses. Computers, things like that, are left in the cars, and they are going strictly looking for, for the gun. Jeez. So we got to do something. I know we can't now. As city legislators, I can't. We cannot uh, supersede state law. Can't do it. But we got to be. We got to be. We got to make sure those that are transporting firearms in their cars are responsible. It may cost you a little bit, but go get a gun lock for your car. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. get one, place it in the trunk, put it under the seat. But those are the type of measures that I'm begging people for. So we don't, we don't, we're not really sure what happened or 
who shot the, the little guy downtown, the 11-year-old. But if that was a stolen firearm, where are we in this yeah. city? Yeah, yeah. And those are things I know people, like I said, I get pushed back. You know, like you said, some people say you're making the victim a, a criminal. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if you have a firearm, it's incumbent upon you to do everything you can to make sure yeah. everybody's safe you come into contact with. Man, that's, that's just shocking that they'll overlook a, a credit card and money looking for the gun. Exactly. That's that crazy. Lets, that, that's, like you said, like I said, that is that was amazing to me. I had to have the crown, crown crime analyst repeat that for me. Mm. I said, did you? Yes, they're leaving money. They're leaving computers, and they're looking for guns. Jeez. That's, that's something. So yeah. we got to do a better job. We got to make sure that we're doing everything necessary as legislators for the city to make sure everybody's safe. And we need help at the state level. We need our state partners to be uh, to be partners in this, making sure that gun legislation in the state of Ohio is is secure. And I know they're outnumbered three to one, but we got to do yeah. something. Cincinnati's not the only city experiencing this type of crisis. It's really not. All right, Scotty Johnson. Always great talking to you. Thank you, and Lincoln. We'll follow this. We'll see what happens. But. Uh, Man, I tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked at this 70% deal. That's too much. I'm telling you. That, that blew my mind. Like I said, I asked for her to repeat that for me. I really, I really did. And that, that's where we are. 70% of the guns stolen in the city are out of cars. All right. And we got to do better. Scotty Thanks, Johnson, good talking it. to you. Thanks. Uh-huh. All right, that's uh, Scotty Johnson from City Council. Always out there. Trying to make things better. Want to tell you about another place that always tries to make things better. Dedicated senior medical centers. You better believe it. Their specialty is caring for seniors. That's their specialty. They even offer telehealth visits. You don't even have to go in and you can talk to your doctor and they can, you know, find out what's going on with you and, you know, tell you this, tell you that. Yeah, telehealth. You don't even have to go in. But if you do have to go in, And a lot of seniors just don't have transportation. They just don't have transportation. You can't depend on your grandkids or your kids to pick you up and take you to the doctor. If they get there, they'll be late. You know, all kind of hassles. At dedicated senior medical centers, guess what? They'll send you a ride to pick you up and to bring you back home. They do it all there. I'm telling you. It's just unbelievable. Alicia Reese was up there yesterday. She said it was great. She took a tour. She had the 513 relief bus up there in Mount Airy. And they're all over town. They're in Roseland. They're on the west side of town. The phone number, write it down now, 513-572-5757. That's 513-572-5757. Give them a call and, hey, they'll give you a tour just like they did Alicia Reese. And you'll feel like a commissioner yourself after you stroll through the place and see how it is. Dedicated Senior Medical Center. Let's break for news and then we'll come back. 1230, The Buzz.